Greetings and welcome to the program. This is the third episode of our series through the book of Revelation, where I'm just giving my commentary thoughts. And um, this episode will catch us up here with our reading from this past Lord's Day, in which I give my comments on it. And the passage that we read this past Lord's Day was Revelation 1, verse 9 through 20, and that's a big chunk of reading. Um, however, a lot of the reading is a description of the uh, vision of the resurrected Christ uh, that, that John sees, and it's awesome and beautiful, and just it just stirs you up in your love and awe for Christ, and um, it's one of those passages you just want to you just want to really preach on it um also in that passage as we're going to read it here in a second it describes jesus uh here i'll just read the little blip here jesus says uh, i died and behold i am alive forevermore and i have the keys of death and hades and um i found it quite quite providential that we read that scripture reading and we don't plan these out according to what's going on in in church calendar or world events, but we just pick a book and we read through it a little bit at a time, and we happen to read that scripture reading on Easter Sunday. So I just thought that was quite providential and fitting and just an awesome description and vision of Jesus Christ, and I hope as you read that, you can meditate on that and be stirred up in your love for Christ. So I'm just going to read, um, there's just a couple points in this section that pertain to the viewpoint here that I'm commenting on as we go through Revelation. And so uh, we will uh, read and, and get to it here. So starting in verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And I'll stop right there. So here, John, he is, uh, he's writing this and he says, I, John, and remember, as we saw in verse four, he's writing to the seven churches that are in Asia, historical churches in historic geographic locations. And he tells them, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation. So in the first century, John is saying that he is, to the churches here, their brother and partner in the tribulation. Now, I hope you're seeing what I'm saying here. John is is, is a partner in the tribulation. He is in the first century, pre-70, in the tribulation with these churches. Now, what have I said about the book of Revelation? I believe it's primarily about the tribulation uh, in the years leading up to and culminating in the destruction of the of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. So Revelation, yes, I, I it, it is describing much tribulation that happened in the first century that John is a partner with these churches in the midst of. Okay? So, John is a partner in the tribulation. Um, so, 
that coincides with exactly what Jesus said would happen in Matthew 24, as I mentioned last episode. Again, if you want me to do an episode on Matthew 24, you'll have to message me, tell me you want that. Otherwise, you just assume my point and it's a given. But Jesus said, he described great tribulation that would happen in Matthew 24 and said, this generation will not pass away until these things come to be. Okay? And he describes that tribulation, which is what I believe is also described here in Revelation. And John is saying, I am in it. I'm a partner with you, churches in Asia, in the tribulation. Okay. I won't believe that point anymore. I hope you get the point and take it seriously as it, again, grounds our context, grounds our understanding of, tribu- of, of, of when the tribulation was. Okay? So, he continues here. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now, pause there real quick. Side note, nothing to do with... Uh, what I am talking about here and going through Revelation, but there's just a little another piece of evidence for why we uh, commemorate and have church on Sundays because it is the Lord's Day and it was a New Testament practice. Uh, John is there acknowledging that there is such thing as the Lord's Day. Um, so anyway, we'll move on. So he hears a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches And here he lists off the historical churches and historical geographic locations. To Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Now, um, it should be obvious to you, but I need to bring this point out. This is, not, this is, this is, um, this is imagery. This is symbolism. Okay? And that's important to note here. Um, He's not... Okay, so I'll just make that point and move on here. Uh, So these are things that are describing, they're symbolizing certain things about um, Jesus and the way he looks in his his nature. So um, I'm not going to get into those things um, in this episode. Um, but those are all symbolizing things, and you can study Scripture and kind of connect dots here. Verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. Let me pause there. Very, very important. John is told by Jesus to write the things that he's seen in this vision. Jesus says, write those things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place 
after this. So, that is so, it should be so explicit to us. The things that John has seen in this, in this revelation that, he's, that he has written down for us and preserved for us is the word of God. The things that he saw, there were things that he saw that are, according to that time when he was told this, back in the first century when he wrote this, right on the things that are. So what he saw in his vision, there were things there in the vision that were currently present in John's day. We are told that straight up right here. And so there are things that are in John's day currently present in the book of Revelation. So there are things in Revelation we're explicitly told uh, that can't be in the future because they were things that are, uh, that were in John's day. And then it says things, those that are to take place after this. And so, yeah, I just think that would be just a continuation. Um, the things that are present in John's day and the things that, you know, will happen, you know, right, right then at that point in time after, you know, during that time, I don't think that's leaping in, you know, 2000 years of counting in the future. Um, there's really no basis for which to take such a leap in the indefinite future. But I think that's just continuing on the things that are and the things that will take place after this. Okay. Uh, which happened there in John's day. So as I've said, Revelation is future to the original audience. So in one sense, it's present to the original audience and future to the original audience, but past to us. Okay. So there were things in Revelation describing what was going on presently and things that describe the near future. So we talked about the time indicators in the first episode of this. There are things that were presently happening in the Revelation to the first original audience. There are things that were soon to take place in their near future, both of which are past to us. Okay, so I just want to bring out the fact that that is noted so very clearly for us. Uh, and then the last verse here, verse 20. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and on the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So this is always great when the Bible tells us what its symbolism means. It's always very helpful in an interpretation, obviously. So we saw that there were seven golden lampstands and seven stars in Jesus' hand, and uh, we we're told exactly what they are. Seven stars in the right hand, uh, seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Okay, so we know that symbolism. We'll keep those in mind as we go through. Now, I will say as well, just on this point here, the last thing, in the previous episode, the second episode of this, on verse 4 through 8, I said that I did not know what the seven spirits by the throne were. Now, I'm just connecting the dots here. It seems very, very, very possible here that there's a connection with those seven spirits and the seven stars and the seven lampstands, the seven angels and the seven churches. Um, could it be describing those things in different terms? Quite possibly. That could, that could very possibly be that. Or could it yet be something different, potentially? So, um, interesting thought I wanted to bring out for you. hope this episode is helpful, and I will hopefully be talking to you in the next episode next week. Thanks for listening.